0: Welcome back, listeners. Colin here. I play Coloon on Chasm Quest. And are you ready for Chasm Quest Season 2? Because we sure are. And I know it's been a long time, but we have put in the hours and made Season 2 as epic as possible. So we thank you for your patience. We are releasing this episode, Episode 0, in Bjornheim a month early. Why, might you ask? I'll get to that. But first, I must explain what this episode is. In Bjornheim directly follows the events of the Season 1 finale. If you have not listened to Season 1 yet, then what the hell are you doing here? Go ahead and take your booty back to Season 1, Episode 1, The Thessalining, and just enjoy from there. Otherwise, none of this is going to make any sense. Go ahead. We'll wait. As for the rest of you who are caught up, we have something wonderful in store for you. We are hosting a Patreon giveaway for the month of May, meaning that if you are already a patron or become a patron between May 1st and May 31st, you're entered to win a full set of D&D dice from Roll with Advantage, a custom-made Chasm Quest dice bag, and more. These are the perfect gifts for any fan of tabletop role-playing games. Now here's where it gets exciting. Depending on the level of donation, you will receive extra entries. Patrons at $1 a month, the crew, will gain one entry. Patrons at $5 a month, the Royal Guard, get two entries. And patrons at $10 a month, our honorary Rowdy Boys, will gain four entries. But wait, there's more! If you rate and review our podcast on iTunes... Tagging your review with your Patreon username, you will double your entries. If you've already reviewed, send us a message with your iTunes username. But don't worry, you lovely patrons who are already giving. You already qualify. And if you upgrade during the giveaway, you get that tier's amount of entries instead. At the end of the month, we will host a live giveaway. Live! I wish I could enter this thing. Am I right? If you have any questions, shoot us a message on social media at at ChasmQuest, or email ChasmQuest at gmail.com, or on Patreon.com on the message board. Oh! I almost forgot the most important of messages. What? There's more? Yes, of course there's more, and I don't think you're getting the theme of this yet. Our memory episodes, like we did for Season 1, are going to release on the main channel every other week between main episodes, meaning the lineup for Season 2 will be Episode 1, then Memory 1, Episode 2, then Memory 2, etc. The memories tell the story of the Rowdy Boys between Seasons 1 and 2. This episode that will play after my announcement is the kickoff to these memory episodes, and unlike Season 1, Andrew, our amazing DM, Put so much more time and narrative effort into them. But starting May 1st, all of the memories, except for a secret select few, will be available exclusively on our Patreon in chronological order, leading up to the huge release of Episode 1 in June. Guys, this is huge. This is hours of entertainment sure to get you through the month of May as you wait for Episode 1's release. What's that? You'd be sad if you didn't win the giveaway? Well, wipe your little baby tears away because I have news for you. All patrons who join during the month of May receive in the mail a Chasm Quest sticker, and you receive all of the bonus material we have posted and will continue posting exclusively for our patrons, including recorded myths of the Varican people, character rap battles, and you automatically qualify as a Rowdy Scout. That means that every quarter of the year, so every season, you have a chance to earn a custom-made Chasm Quest button just for doing things in your own community to make it a better place to live. And y'all, we have a monthly improv comedy podcast called Goose's Gourd set in the tavern from Season 1, Episode 1. You get to hang out with improv fantasy characters in a 20-30 to minute podcast. If you only listen for the theme song, it's gonna be worth it, trust me. I mean, what more could you ask for, seriously, also, if we reach a hundred dollars a month, we will start Chasm Quest Merchandising, and patreons will get an exclusive discounts, Holy Mother of Thesla. You got everything? good because without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, and all you bloody gassers, I present. Episode 0 In Bjornheim
1: whispered love into my ears a storm within my heart your eyes they burn with summer dear but now the winter's come your life bled through a gaping wound your eyes Stay close for good. I'll remember you always, Brenna, dear, until the spring tide comes. Oh, Delnius, you are awake. Oh, think the elder gods think, Tesla. Uh, Finn embraces you, Telnius. A, a shock of pain runs through your body. You wake up. Um, you're in a dark longhouse, it seems, um, of and make. There is sage burning in the middle of the uh, room going out through these um, kind of openings in the ceiling. Everything's very rustic wood. Everything smells overwhelmingly herbal, smoky, these kinds of things. Um. There's a strange metallic taste in your mouth. You look down. There are strange wounds there. Six talon marks on your chest and then two more marks under each of your armpits. Marks from the talons digging into your ribs. They they ache with the stress of nearly being torn apart. You also look down to your... Right arm it ends just beyond the elbow. There is a strange metal contraption. Tell us can can you speak yet Finn yes, where, where am I? This is the house of healing we have brought you here. Tell us, please some um, don't try to get up or anything. you just you need more time. I am. So sorry for everything that has happened to you. Do you you remember much of what happened to you? I can try and fill in the blanks for you. I remember. Do you just kind of lay back and stay? You don't move?
2: I stay in the bed. I'm kind of in a state of shock.
1: Um, yes, of course. Do you uh, are you thirsty? Do you need uh, water, uh, mead, anything? I can get for you. Water, please. Water. Of course. Um, he kind of looks around. There's not a ready cup, and he has to find like a bowl and shake something out of it and dip it into. As, as he
2: goes away, turns his back to me. I come out of my catatonic state and like look around, and look for an exit and um for a way of escape. Okay. Um, I'm yeah. kind of in a place where I do not trust what's around me and I, mm. I want to leave.
1: Right. Um there are other beds you you see. Um roll me a perception check. Take disadvantage though because you have been sleeping. Uh 14. Okay. That's really good. Um by the way your body you have been comatose for three days, just letting you know. That's why these disadvantages are coming in. Um, 14, yeah, you see the other beds. uh, You see other healers, people who look like uh, how Siggy looked, like with the the shaman robes, uh, people bringing, you know, rubbing herbs into uh, other people's exposed bodies. And at the very end, past everything, uh, you do see double doors um, that are probably fifty feet away from you. It's you're at the back end of the long house. So it's probably
2: not a way to get out easily. It would it would take a while. Mm. Or in mm. my current state, especially like as I sat up, yeah,
1: I felt not good. Yeah, okay. <laughs> just thinking about moving your legs, Makes like nauseous. Yeah, because like you you sit up right. and a wave just comes over you and you. Mm. And just as you're laying back down, Finn comes back to you with a bowl mm-hmm. of water. um he look he has really dark circles under his eyes. It mm. looks like he hasn't been sleeping a lot. um for the listeners, I just want to Finn is uh, a pale skin, uh red hair cropped on the sides uh, and a larger beard. He has jewelry on his right ear, and he wears simple tunics and has runic sort um runic axes at his side. Um, although you have found out that he is the sibling of royalty, he still mm. dresses p- pretty... Um, basic. Basic. Yeah. Oh, he's so basic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So he, he gives you water. It is refreshing. Before I drink the water... It spills right it. out of your holes <laughs> in your chest. <laughs> you're leaking. I smell the water before I drink it. Okay. I'm assuming I don't. Give me a medicine it. check. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you're obviously very suspicious in this time 16 yeah you know for sure that this is great clean water um yeah H- has obviously been purified especially being in a house of healing so okay i drink it i drink it up <laughs> <laughs> i drink your water um tell me i have um as i have already done i i apologize for what my people have done for you i want to let you know um i have taken very special care of uh bishop Colum's um body um we have not buried it yet we are keeping it i wanted to wait for you to wake so that we could do a proper burial for him uh once once you're ready to uh, get out of bed that kind of thing that is kind Possibly the first kindness
2: I've received in
1: a while. Thank you, Finn. You're you're welcome. Um, and he he's pretty nervous. He's like kind of rubbing his arms. Uh, he's sitting pretty awkwardly. You can tell he is just washed over with anxiety, talking to you. Well, um, I want you to know all your friends. They are also okay. Um, there was a, a, a tragic uh, mix-up when we brought you into Beyond Him. There's a lot of chaos. There was a lot of ships in the attack on your ship. And uh, there was just a mix-up with whom got a hold of you. And uh, there will be a trial. There will be a trial. Reyna will make sure that those who have done uh, you and your friends wrong uh, will see justice. I, I want to to know that up front. Uh, first, I am sorry. Second, we are seeking justice. Finn, I, I am tired.
2: I, I am so tired. And I look away.
1: Uh, you can tell he wants to say more, and he just sits back silently. you are walking through the forests of Bjornheim, heading north. The trees are frosted with snow, evergreen standing three stories tall. The occasional bird flutters by and cries out, but for the most part you are walking in cold silence whispers of your past haunt your mind as you step further and further into the dense wilderness. It lays like a blanket over you and begins to calm your thoughts. The boughs and creatures of the forest have always been a sanctuary for you. And although you are thousands of miles away, you feel at home amongst the trees. But you, Ayas, are searching for something. A day's journey brings you to the northern tip of the Bjornheim forest. There is a magical energy in the air. The light crunch of snow beneath your feet stops as you peer ahead and through the evergreens, you see a collection of white tree trunks They are aspens, dense enough to not see past, sparse enough to walk through, and they are exactly what you'd been hoping to find here in the wilderness.
3: Oh, thank God. I proceed calmly, kind of soaking up all the trees and all the atmosphere and everything
1: yeah once and I press
3: on to the aspens
1: once you get to the aspens and enter in it's almost like electricity on your feet like it it feels powerful in this area you get deeper into the aspens and about 10 yards in the aspens open up to a clearing. The evergreens had been shadowing most of what little sunlight is exposed through the cloudy skies but here there's quite a bit of uh, light and snow is cascading down sticking to the ground around you. In the center of the circle is a very large tree. It's brown Bark covers its wild branches and some of them reach up in manic ways toward the sky some of them reach out toward you and toward the other aspens and upon these branches um, are these small almost dagger-like leaves uh, in the shade of red although you cannot see that shade You recognize it as uh, through your color blindness as most likely red. Um, A lot of these leaves have actually fallen to the ground. And as you step into the circle, not only the snow crunches under your feet, but some of these leaves as well.
3: The leaves looking similar to bloody daggers sends flashes of that night through my mind. and I shake the feeling. I press forward to the root of the tree.
1: When you approach the tree, you find a space between two large roots that seem to ripple through the ground. This spot speaks to you as a sacred spot.
3: I kneel down to the ground. I close my eyes and gather myself for a moment and then I began writing three runes in the dirt in the shape of a triangle.
1: As you finish the last rune and as you connect the line of the runes, it takes a brief second, but the runes and the lines connecting them almost with your breath begins pulsing a white glow from the ground, a humming in your ears as it comes in and out. You wait a few more moments, and the white light remains steady.
3: I look up at the tree, and I see the leaves begin to shake and sway back and forth. And then I close my eyes again. And I take only a moment before writing in the dirt. Where is Lumen Yu?
1: Once these letters are drawn in the dirt within the triangle, a, a feeling of relief comes over you. You've gotten it off your chest. You step back a few paces and
3: you prepare to wait. I sit down. I just close my eyes and begin to meditate.
1: It's a little difficult at first, whether it's the coldness or the nerves of attempting what you have just attempted. You remain hopeful as you enter into a meditative state. There is a specific face that your mind is fixating on two and a half hours go by as a voice enters your mind it is a familiar voice it is a voice you have not heard though in far too long You are not one for patience, Ayas. Focus on what is right. Train your body. And strengthen your mind. The days are long, and cold to come.
3: Oh, I get up and I make my way over to the ruins.
1: The message that you have written in the center has seemingly filled back in with dirt as if you never wrote that sentence.
3: I bend down and I erase it with my hand. Useless old man.
1: Give me a perception check. 20. (laughs) You hear a branch being pushed out of the way, a twig snap, and you look back, behind you, back where you walked in. Before you is the face of an elk. Its fur is a reddish-brown, more red upon the face, just at its cheeks, um, large antlers. It steps a little bit further into the clearing, seeing that it's been spotted. And you realize that just at its shoulder blades, there are two large, beautiful, almost light blue wings folded up on its back as it walks further into the clearing. As it continues walking, there is a person revealed behind the elk. She is watching wide-eyed. She is shorter. She has large curly red hair the right side of her head is shaved and within her scalp is embedded a red rune stone, similar to the one you've seen on Rory's shield. She has what seems to be lighter, uh, traveling clothes, but rustic like all other Varrican. And she has a bow and quiver and she has a sword at her hip. The sword also has a red runestone at the hilt having been been seen she is shocked and kind of like goes
3: to her sword i throw both of my hands out to the side and i take a knee
1: she walks forward and says you come to see Elder tree.
3: Yes, I have.
1: You know magic from it? I I do. She puts a hand on her chest. You can tell she's tr- trying her best at the Traylander common tongue. She puts a hand on her chest. She's she's pretty young. She stands about as tall as the elk. You would guess early 20s, if not younger. Ilana.
3: Fru Ilana. Ilana. And I put my hand on my chest. I am Ayas Synthon. And her head kind of perks up at that.
1: Alun, you have just returned from the House of Healing. You have seen Telnius' broken body, and you have also seen the care that he is receiving there. But there is a lot going through your mind. You return back to the Mead Hall. Something is drawing you there. And the door creaks slowly open. Torchlight spills over Alistair's body, which has been weakened by malnourishment. Kalun, you're holding a tray of venison stew and a large mug of wine. Alistair looks up with a mixture of curiosity Resentment and exhaustion. Come to gloat again, Kalun. I've come to feed you, if you'll have it. That, that would be a kindness upon me. Shut your
0: mouth and eat.
1: Thank you. And he um, he sits up a little straighter as you kind of like shut the door and and sit next to the bars next to him. Um, he takes the stew into his hands. His revealed torso has the bandages. All the blood's dried from his uh, the crossbow bolt wound. He's got kind of dirt on his face from laying on this ground in this jail cell. He's thankful for the warm meal, as the gruel that Master Talon had given him was not... Uh,
0: kind so of spilled all over the ground. Yeah, <laughs> and um,
1: so he begins eating the stew, and he is kind of looking over to you every now and again in between bites.
0: And I've I've kind of sat down on the opposite wall, like away from his cell, and okay. I'm just kind of like sitting down and just kind of, I guess, glaring at him, but not mm. more of like a brooding glare. He kind of gets a read on your face,
1: and he says... um Kind of moves closer to the bars a little bit. Um, Kalloon, I can't help but notice that your attitude has changed a bit
0: since last you were in here. Uh, Alistair, this just happens to be the quietest place in this godforsaken land. Don't ruin that for me. Of course. Um, I'll
1: just go back to my meal. And so he just quietly continues eating the stew.
0: You weren't here when we first came to the to Verahim, were you? What do you mean?
1: You weren't on that first voyage. No, my first journey to these bitter, cold lands
0: was alongside you all. Do you know personally who came here first?
1: Well, yes, of course. Everyone knows of the 21st expedition that was led by um, uh, our own captain, Captain Abram, um, and uh, the Duke. Duke Erwin was upon that specific journey. Mm. He was... Monumental in gaining the information as to where, um, the new lands even were located. All right, all right.
0: If you want to talk, tell me what they told you of their first encounter with Varricans. Hmm. Well, it was...
1: (laughs) It was... It went back and forth. You see, um... There were attempts at peace, like we've uh, stated, and there seemed to be an intellect and uh, a hope of some sort of, um, some kind of mutual relationship. But it wasn't until further along, uh, right around when King Aston took kingship, that 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 attitude turned, and I think I think it has to do with it, the sense of greed that they have. Toward their
0: lands, uh, the type of. Uh, just I should un- have mentioned. Keep your bias out of it.
1: I, I'm simply telling it how it is. I mean, think about our first experience with them arriving here, just and and having them uh, be present and and a part of our culture, um, and uh, attempting to assassinate me. <laughs> Insane insanity. Is what it is. Uh, they they are m-
0: malicious, if you will. Oh, no, I feel like I've been in their shoes a few times. Hmm. Go,
1: do tell more about your um, story. I'm. I, I feel as if I am growing weary of, <laughs> you
0: know, um, being in this cell. I feel as though this may have been a mistake. I need a quieter place. Eat up. I'll bring you more tomorrow. Colune. And then I I get up to leave. Okay. Yeah,
1: but when you get to the door, he's... Kaloon. Mm. Just remember what the warlords had said. Hand for hand.
0: Eye for eye. Uh, all right. And then I just walk out the door and close and it behind me. He takes a heavy breath
1: and continues eating his stew. Rory, you are led up the pathway to the cliffs where earlier, you had seen Queen Raina address crowds of soldiers and shield maidens below. You are to meet Queen Raina inside the war tent. This is about a day after everything has happened since your battle with the bear in the arena. You know that Commander Leon is healing within the House of Healing. You've also visited and seen Telnius and that he is being cared for. You're led up by a soldier that has been assigned to you. He kind of keeps guard over you and just for this first part of your visit to Bjornheim. So you're making your way up the cliffside and as you rise higher and higher, you can kind of feel more of the coldness as you leave the busyness of Midtown Bjornheim. When packed with so many people inside the market square and the soldiers barracks, it's almost as if the temperature rises 10 degrees while amongst the hive of people, you can tell this uh, settlement is overstuffed with uh, people. So you make your way up the cliffside, you finally arrive to the war tent, the soldier opens the tent flap for you, and you walk in. Inside the war room stands Queen Raina. She's adorned with the fur cloak of the Varican Regality. She is also accompanied by Jarl Erika. You actually recognize Jarl Erika as the female Varrican who leapt onto the ship during the attack within the Hollow Mountains and uh, was attacking you all, specifically the Rowdy Boys. She donkey kicked Telnius through a wall and you sucker punched her for a final move to knock her out. So she was not killed within that battle, survived, but you can kind of see her, the Shiner kind of going away at this point, being a uh, many days after. So you enter and Queen Raina speaks up. Hello, Rory. This is the first time you've seen the queen. And her face, she's, it looks as if she wakes up every morning and there's a team of people who come and do her hair and there's like an elk horn crown atop her head. She has a symbol of, a uh, bear claw around her neck, and she has this blue and black makeup upon her face. Um, pale skin, blonde hair that has been braided.
4: Um, and, and she just says, hello, Rory. Yes, uh, welcome. And Rory just looks at her and he goes, "Reina,
1: I wanted to invite you here to meet some of our leaders. Uh, we're still waiting on another uh, but this is Yarl Erika. I believe you all have been acquainted. And she kind of like looks down to you and grunts a hello.
4: I look at her and I just say, hey, no hard feelings. And then I look back at Raina and I say, uh, before we do any of that, where is Ias and where is Kowloon? They
1: are being cared for. Um, Kaloon is now stationed within the barracks. And Ias has found his way into the Bjornheim forest to process things. Okay, I
4: hear you saying that, but the only one of my rowdy boys I've seen is Telnius, and he looks like friggin' crap. So where are my other two rowdy boys?
1: Rory, they're here amongst the Bjornheim. I cannot do any more to reassure you other than uh, apologize for the situation that you were put into, and offer you my grievances as to what has happened to Telnius.
4: Okay, well, I need uh, I need some more explanations here, because uh, I don't like the situation I'm in, and all, all I want is for my team to be reunited. So uh, you better have something important to say.
1: Rory, everything that I am about to say, and that we want your input on is crucial for the further existence, not just of Verahim and my people, but also for Trayland. all of those who live there and call it their home. The things that we are at battle with are much larger than the simple nations and structures that we have put up. Again, I apologize for the confusion. I have been gone from this place for a very long time. And there have been people who have come to power here in Bjornheim who took advantage of the situation. My hope was to bring Ayas in and bring his friends in uh, unharmed. That did not happen. That is on me.
4: You recognize that you could have just said that to us weeks ago. You've been friggin' quiet this whole trip. And now it turns out that you're the queen of who knows what. And you're expecting me to care about whatever nonsense is going on in this place. Why didn't you just tell that to us? Long ago.
1: You have met Lord Protector Alistair, I am certain. You know how he operates.
4: I know we could have kicked his friggin' butt weeks ago, too.
1: There was a lot I had to learn and observe on this journey. There is a lot of anger in my heart for how the Trelinders and the Elves of Elfrahim have treated my people. This plan has been in place for a very long time. You can either come into this plan to be a part of it and let go of what wrongdoings have been done or you can choose to walk away.
4: Listen, we just, we just spent weeks working for one uh, government. And now you're just looking at me like you want me to switch my loyalty to a new one. You've done nothing to prove yourself to me. Nobody makes a tool out of me. I want to know what makes, what makes you think that I should believe you're the good guys. Hmm.
1: There is not much I can say in terms of duality. Good. Good and bad, what I can say is here, my people respect you. Dre'ari, I have heard them chanting. That is what they are calling you. And they see you as a force that can help bring retribution and freedom to their people. We have been beaten down. Our numbers are nearly dwindling in comparison to the flourishing state that we were in. The Varakin have been pushed to the side. Literally, you see how our town is set up. We are barely able to feed the families from Elgrahim who are here on refuge. This is something that needs to end and end soon. I don't know how I can buy your loyalty, Rory but I know that you will always be welcome here as long as you see our plight.
4: Look, you don't need to convince me that the people here are good. I've, I've lived long enough to know that people are just people, that people back home, that people here, and they tend to be abused by their government, wherever that is. And as far as I can tell, they think you're their queen, But they think I'm their god. So what makes you think that you're the good guy? What makes you think that you're going to do what's best for these people and not just make them another cog in the machine? She looks over to Jarl Erika.
1: Would you mind stepping out of the room? Jarl Erika gives her a look. She, as I described her before, is this large presence she has uh, her axe at her side um she is in full armor and she is gives a confused look they have some words back and forth in varican and sh- uh, jarl erica gives you a look and walks past you out of the tent you are alone in the war tent with the war table the all the pieces on the map of Varahim and treyland and it is just you and her she offers you a seat at the table. Would you like to sit and share some mead with me?
4: I pull the chair out. I spin it around cool guy style and I sit backwards <laughs> on the chair.
1: She face palms for a second, realizes it's messing up her makeup, wipes it off, <laughs> and hands you a horn of
4: of mead. And she sits across from you. Rory and while she's talking, you hear... Ah. <laughs> yeah?
1: I'm going to be honest, and I'm going to be blunt with you.
4: I wouldn't want it any other way.
1: Elven King Amrin assassinated my father, the last known king of the Varican people. He let loose ancient forces upon my home city, Aurora within Algrahim. My mother was slaughtered there. I escaped barely with my life. You speak of good and bad, but all I can tell you is the story that I have experienced. And when Duke Erwin shared with me a story of hope, that I could seek out and dethrone and have retribution upon Amran and Aston, I leapt at the opportunity. I worked my ass off to learn your people's language, to fool everyone in the high courts that I was of their people for so many years. I lived with that man. You have been merely acquainted with Alistair, imagine being married to him, the ownership he thought he had over me and over my body. This is no longer about good or bad, my people, their people. This is simply about letting those who have fucked with my family know that it is not okay.
4: I know what it feels like to have your family messed with and that's no fun can I do a check to see if I believe that she's at least telling me the true story yes roll an insight check
0: three
1: <laughs> you drink that mead really fast and it's a much higher percentage uh, than you thought it was going to be and you're kind of overwhelmed by the emotion that she's communicated to you
4: look I I relate to parts of your story at least the ones that I mean I listened to the whole thing don't get me wrong but, uh, <laughs>
2: that's what somebody would say you Like didn't I not listen to the whole thing she squints I heard,
4: <laughs> I heard every bit of it um, and I understood most of it but uh, I get it so what's the plan You,
1: Asdrei Ari, will help us, the Jarl, her husband, Berserker Uba, to coordinate our armies. His name is what now? Berserker Uba. All right. He's a good man. Okay. Well, that's wonderful. Good. And once Commander Leon is awakened from the House of Healing, he too will help us devise a plan. We have two plans here. We will first attempt to parlay in Avendal with their leaders to return Alistair and to revisit the peace treaties of all three nations. If that plan does not work, we need your help to plan for an attack back on the Trailenders to recover Aurora from the monstrosities that have overtaken there and to help seek retribution and understanding from the elves of Elfrahim. Rory, Dreari, do you wish to join
4: our plight? If we succeed, what's the end game?
1: The end game is the preservation